0: Welcome to the podcast of the New York Academy of Sciences, inspiring centuries of scientific progress. Twice before on the podcast, we've looked at proof of concept centers, programs that try to help academic research scientists take their ideas out of the lab and turn them into actual commercial products goods and services that can make a difference in the world and not just on paper. In those two episodes, we looked at proof of concept centers generally, how they give people who have been totally focused on scientific and engineering challenges, a whole new set of skills that are crucial if they want to become entrepreneurs. Things like sales and communications and business management. And also how these centers can be a crucial bridge for the kinds of technological developments that can be too big too expensive, too slow to develop for the standard sources of venture capital to be interested in. Traditional venture investors want to see a profit in a year or three years or maybe five years. That's a reasonable timeline if you're building a new cell phone or a new cell phone app. But for a totally new kind of engine or fuel cell, not so much. They just take more time. These centers can step in at just the right moment to give big ideas like that the lift they need to bridge that gap. Then we focused on two new proof of concept centers created by NYSERDA, the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, one called Nexus New York, and two others that fall under the collective name PowerBridge New York. These centers concentrate on a very specific and crucial area of technology clean tech. Ways to create more energy with less waste and less pollution. In today's episode, we're going to visit an event thrown last September where teams that have been through one of these two programs got a chance to present their nascent companies to the public, often for the first time. Here's Sarah Jayanthi, Marketing Manager for Powerbridge, followed by Jeff Peterson, a Program Manager at NYSERDA.
1: This is the next-gen clean tech Startup Showcase. It is an event that we're doing in conjunction with Climate Week. Um, and it's an opportunity for the companies of Powerbridge and Nexus to meet the clean energy community.
2: They get to learn from each other. They get to experience what other teams have been doing in different parts of the state, see how that's working out. They
0: get to then pitch in front of an audience. Or maybe they make some connection. And the 150 or so people who attended this event are exactly the kinds of people you really want to meet if you have a clean tech startup that you're trying to get off the ground. Companies and private investors who work in this field and are actively looking for new solutions that they can use to improve their bottom line.
1: The people who are here are people of the energy industry, uh, investors, corporate strategic stakeholders, essentially the type of people that these teams will need to meet to be able to actually turn their idea and their concept into a true business.
0: And in a very real way, it's exactly these conversations that these teams have been training for in the year they've spent developing their ideas at Nexus or PowerBridge. And learning to orient themselves and their ideas in a way that will appeal to business people instead of academics has been a challenging process for these teams. Here's Mr. Peterson.
2: They've all done a lot of customer discovery. They've all spent a lot of time kind of out in the field doing market validation work, talking to people. Trying to determine kind of problem solution fit as far as that goes, uh, so they are a lot different than they were when they first applied to the program.
0: And here's Dr. Ray Sambrata, a professor at Columbia University and one of the scientists behind a PowerBridge team called Allied Microbiota.
2: That uh, commercial commercialization is uh, is really tough. You know, it's really uh, getting out there and beating the bushes. You have to take. It's not just. It's not good enough to have a good idea. You've got to get out there and talk to people who, in the marketplace, who uh, are the deciders about buying things. And uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a change, but it's a good change. It's fun. It's all about molding your product to the needs out there that's been kind of beaten into our heads and that's a good thing because we don't think that way as a scientist you push your ideas and you want your ideas to to go but in in the marketplace it's about responding to needs and responding to what people are saying they want and so it's a complete kind of uh, 180 on the model that I'm used to
0: and here's Lori Clark a graduate student at Stony Brook University and one of the researchers behind a team called NanoSulf.
3: I initially didn't come to graduate school to be part of a company, but it's kind of fallen into my lap of being part of this potential company. And the whole process of learning how to take a technology and make it into a a real product that's, that there's a marketplace for. And just to see that whole process, that whole arc, is very exciting to me. It's just, a, you know, I've always been on the side of the theoretical part of it and, and why it's all great, why it's all wonderful. But then the actual transition of making it work financially for people, making it uh, something that, that just fits their needs is, is really exciting, turning it to reality.
0: And this skill set they're learning goes well beyond how to orient their product to fit the needs of the marketplace and into something much more basic and profound. How to describe your research to people who are not in your field and have them understand what the heck you're talking about. Here's Mr. Peterson followed by Doug Berkeley, executive director of Nexus New York.
2: Many times these are highly technical people who are not used to talking in in the terms that a general customer can understand really what their product is trying to do.
4: One of my philosophies is that the one of the hardest things to do for a startup and maybe the, the things that uh, differentiate a successful startup and a failed startup is the ability to capture resources, right? You're young, you've got energy, you've got a cool idea. What you don't have are resources. And the way you get resources is if you're able to tell your story in a, in a compelling way.
0: And the stories these teams are here to tell really run the gamut of possible ways to innovate in clean technology, from the very small and specific to the astonishingly large and ambitious. Here's a small sample. We have a small wind turbine, 10KW, that we've designed that puts out
2: twice the power of a open-rotor traditional wind turbine.
0: In other words, instead of a turbine with blades out in the open, we wrap a duct around it, and that channels more wind energy through the turbine. So fuel cell
2: needs hydrogen and oxygen to generate electricity. So you can get oxygen from air, but you need to like find hydrogen somewhere. So uh, we developed a nanomaterial that generates hydrogen gas from water on demand at room temperature.
3: We develop a lot of nanocatalysts in our lab, and one of which is sort of specifically for gas streams that naturally have uh, sulfur gases in them that need to be scrubbed. So, for instance, with wastewater treatment plants and landfill plants, they actually have to flare off their gas or destroy their gas. Ideally, we could divert that stream and use it for electricity. We end up flaring about four percent of our entire inter- world energy usage just because we're trying to get rid of it. And we don't. We're not. We need to actually redirect that and and be able to use that energy source. We're just, these are streams that we're wasting right now.
2: So we're um, a company that is taking CO2 and water and sunlight and making a green fuel. So we're creating a green fuel with an artificial photosynthesis process. It's taking a big problem, CO2 emissions, and turning it into something that can be useful. I mean, it's really solving one of the biggest problems that we face right now, which is anthropogenic climate change. And we have the ability with this technology, we think, to be able to take those harmful CO2 emissions and turn them into fuels and feedstocks for chemicals and other, and other products. And so it's you know, really got a big impact on society if it, if it all works out.
0: That was Paul Pavone and Dr. Ken Visser of Ducted Turbines International, Parham Rohani of Nano Hydro, Dr. Jay Hasty of NanoSulf, and Clayton Poppy of Dimensional Energy. And as well as bringing a huge range of different sorts of ideas to the table, the 12 teams that presented at this event came in at a variety of different stages in the development of their new companies. Some were really just getting started, still working out the kinks that would allow them to create a working prototype, and other teams were a little further along, where they're actually talking to customers and in some cases making sales. Here's Dr. Jeffrey Lout of Brooklyn Aquatic Robots, followed by Mr. Rohani, Dr. Hasty, and Mr. Pavone.
2: I mean, our technology is not quite ready for the market yet, so if it was a customer, we wouldn't really be able to deliver to them just yet. Uh, so our biggest milestone is to uh, make this material on larger scale. Right now we do it in grammar scale, but we want to make it in tons of scale. So find this process and uh, doing it as cheap as possible is a big milestone for us. And this is our current focus right now.
3: Um, we have a couple of leads on some people who would partner with us to actually be able to access certain markets um, and that are in that space. Um, we're looking for an investor to, uh, to go in with us to build a first pilot plant, and um, the, all the customers that we've talked to so far are really excited about it. So, we've gotten a really positive market signal, and that's why we are pretty confident that we can take it to the next level.
0: We have sales, we have
2: investors, and we're getting more sales people, but we're kind of, you know, getting our projects up and running.
0: Wherever they are in the process, though, this event was forcing one member of each team to do something that very few research scientists are really comfortable with. And that's public speaking. Here's Ms. Jayanthi again.
1: I think they're excited. I think the pressure is definitely on. Um, I know we had a meeting with the team about a week ago. They didn't realize how big this event was, so they got a little bit nervous. They were like, oh, I thought it would just be like 30 to 40 people. And we were like, no, it's about 150 people. Um, So, but I think they're going to do great.
0: And again, there was a wide variety of confidence levels going into these presentations. Here's Dr. Hasty, Dr. Nanfang Yu of MetaRay, Dr. Sambroda, Dr. Laut, and Dr. Barris Kovan, whose team is working on something called harmonic mitigating transformers.
3: You know, it kind of rolls off your tongue. You know, if you're passionate about it and you get up there, um, it just sort of, you know, you just able to talk about it naturally.
2: Yes, I'm pretty much, I want to enjoy it, but time is hard to be very short, only four minutes, so I will strive to deliver my message within time. You really have to be judicious about what you're going to put in, and you know, when you have 40 minutes, then you can kind of ramble on and make sure it's a lot easier to get everything in there, but with four minutes, you've got to really pick and choose wisely. Yeah, I'm ready. I I just hope I don't lose my voice before I have to, uh, (laughs) you know, I've been... Talking to all these people and it's uh, loud in here, so
1: it seems easy. But when when you go to the podium and try to give a four-minute speech, you prepare, you prepare the speech. Even then, it, it you know it's it's still not easy. So we'll see.
0: And then, after all the nerves and all the preparation, it was time to present.
2: <laughs> a building. Um, the interface between the U2D and the building, there will be a transformer, the red box over there. Um, structured and provided so an that, efficient uh, way for supply and demand to meet. And then you figure it out when you get to your destination by a certain time. That's what we do with bacteria. Bioenergy SP is the Uber of biofilms. <laughs> And we do this because-
3: Four years in testing and a demonstration project at the town of Brookhaven Mm -hmm. Landfill. We've already started entering into this initial 90 million dollar a year market, which amounts to a projected 60 million million in revenue. Upper upper
0: right figure there. Uh, Uh, Let's see the uh, roof material is asphalt typically in the US.
2: And our coating, uh, the base layer, is a clear material. Water quality is a very important topic for society, companies, the government, and in the U.S., uh, all states. Drive.
0: So, how do you think it went? Uh, I think it went.
2: I think it, it, it could always be better, but I
4: think it went well enough. To, I think he knocked it out of the park. I mean, he got a good public laugh. He's he's the he's the Uber of bacteria. Are people gonna remember that, I hope. Quite okay. I you know, I did a bunch of dry runs and I ended up missing a lot of stuff in the pitch. I want I guess I guess in person I wanted to slow down so a lot of the details I thought were important I had to throw out kind of in the middle of it. But I you don't know, I think I got the point across. It went well. I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> Although I did
2: this presentation a couple of times, but Still, I nervous, but everything went, went good.
1: Yeah, I could have done better. I think I was a little bit, uh, probably, tense. I don't think the message came across, which is important. I mean, try to give a clear message: what you're trying to do and why it's important.
0: That was Dr. Kovan, Adrian Cosma of Bioenergy SP, Dr. Hasty, Dr. Yu, and Dr. Laut presenting followed by some post-game analysis from Mr. Cosma, Charles Hamilton, Bioenergy SP's mentor from the Nexus program, Dr. John Ouijin of Phase Innovations, Dr. Rohani, and Bernardo Matalucci of MiMic. And you know, however they felt about their performance in the actual official pitches, many of the presenting teams found that the most valuable part of the day was everything else that happened all the networking they were able to do by bringing these innovative new companies all together in one place. Here's Jason Salfi of Dimensional Energy, followed by Dr. Owejian, Dr. Jose Luis Lozano of Bioenergy SP, and Bruce Korn of NanoHydro.
4: I think generally um, the conversations that I had in the networking area, and the networking part of the night, were very wonderful and effective met some great people who I'm sure I'll stay in touch with uh, folks in industry folks in uh, finance and um, I think that the the person-to-person contact tonight was much was a uh, much more uh, fun and effective than say the, the pitch side of the night for me we've, we've talked to some people that said they can help us with investors um, there's a representative here from uh, RPE you know that's kind of the gold standard for uh, government funding for new technologies. Had a great conversation with him. They, a lot of people really are interested in understanding how it works. That's, you can imagine, it's kind of rewarding for us. It's a complicated technology and when we get to explain it to somebody who really wants to understand it, it makes it, it makes it a lot of fun to, to participate in something like this.
3: It was very, very vibrant. I met tons of people, interested people in all sectors, not only students, but also potential investors. It was very, very nice.
4: So you have the opportunity to meet with other people who are trying to do, also do innovative things and have clean energy, clean tech benefits. It's just nice to realize there's a community of people out there.
0: These teams have been through a lot to get to this point an exhaustive application process, followed by months of mentoring and meetings that have forced them to develop brand new abilities and to refine their concepts to an exacting degree. And all of that is well and good. But it's events like this where the rubber really hits the road, where the people who have the great idea are going to meet the people with the resources to make that idea a reality. Here's Mr. Pavone.
2: You know, we're, we're up in Potsdam, New York area where it's up in the Upper Outer Rondacks. So to come into the city, get to network and meet people and it's, you know, some financial people and people that are on a bigger scale than we get to see normally,
4: and that's important.
0: And in all this, isn't just a great opportunity for each of these teams, but for all of New York. New York State is huge, and there's often a hard cultural divide between the city and the rest of the state. Events like this bridge that gap and bring the best of both worlds together. Here's Mr. Berkeley. You
4: know, one of the hypotheses that our sponsor, NYSERDA, has, and I think lots of people have, is that we have lots of hard tech in upstate, right? We have lots of uh, nanomaterials and really hard science being conducted. But we don't have necessarily so much investment dollars. Uh, whereas downstate, a lot of investment dollars and maybe not so much so much hard tech. and so the marriage of the two hopefully it produces some some good results
0: and the future of New York technology is in good hands because this is the strongest class of graduates from these programs yet
4: you know we we talk about our program in terms of three goals when we start we talk about trying to figure out you know should I even contemplate starting a business around my technology and that's typically informed through lots of discussion and interaction with industry and customers second question is does the technology work in a way that's relevant to a customer? Third question is, can I actually find a customer who will validate the first two questions? And we've had pretty good success with that third question through the course of our, of our first couple of cohorts. Until now, we've never had so many of our participants start to answer that question before this demo day. And so we have four or five companies that are gonna get on stage today that are that have pilot, uh, have, have pilot customers already, uh, already locked down, have um, some early discussions with investors, so really moving much quicker than in the past.
0: And so who knows, maybe in 10 or 15 years when we're all driving cleaner cars past greener buildings in cleaner neighborhoods, it will be thanks to the people who got together in this auditorium on an evening in September. Thanks for listening to the New York Academy of Sciences podcast. This episode was produced by your host, David Hoffman, with administrative and scientific oversight by Chanel Bonavito. The quotes used in this episode were captured at the event Next Gen Cleantech Startups Showcase and Pitch Event, held at the NYU Tandon School of Engineering in Brooklyn, New York, on September 22nd, 2016. It was sponsored by Powerbridge New York, Nexus New York, and the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. Thanks to all the speakers we featured in this episode, Sarah Jayanthi of Powerbridge, Jeff Peterson of NYSERDA, Dr. Ray Sambrata of Allied Microbiota, Lori Clark and Dr. Jay Hasty of NanoSulf, Doug Berkeley of Nexus New York, Clayton Poppy and Jason Salphy of Dimensional Energy, Paul Pavone and Dr. Ken Visser of Ducted Turbines International, Parham Rohani and Bruce Korn of NanoHydro, Dr. Jeffrey Laut of Brooklyn Aquatic Robots, Dr. Nanfang Yu of MetaRay, Dr. Barris Kovan, Adrian Cosma, Dr. Jose Luis Lozano, and Charles Hamilton of Bioenergy SP, Dr. John Ouijian of Phase Innovations, and Bernardo Matalucci of Mimite. For information about events and programs at the New York Academy of Sciences, as well as to listen to other podcasts, please visit www.nyas.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and follow us on social media, at Sciences on Twitter and the New York Academy of Sciences on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a member of the New York Academy of Sciences, where brilliant minds come together to spark innovative solutions to global challenges.